Hello everyone, welcome to This Week Esports, a podcast that brings you weekly updates from the competitive esports world. My name is Alex, and I'll be your host. Don't forget, you can also check us out at thisweekesports.com for information on the podcast, our social media handles, and all the episodes that we've released so far. Now without further ado, on to the games. Hey everyone, welcome to This Week Esports. Great to be back. Let's go over what we had from the week of September 14th to the 20th. Now, granted, Dota's on a bit of a hiatus after their last Omega League. Uh, Counter-Strike's on a bit of a hiatus until their next major as well. And that does leave us with League of Legends and StarCraft. But StarCraft, they are all the teams are in preparation for the 2020 World Championships, which start this week so certainly a very exciting time and we are going to go over some of the matchups for the play in the final round for a few teams of if they can make it in or not however one sport that was still in full swing is starcraft so we have the second half of gsl season three's first round to cover as well as the dreamhack masters which brought 16 of the world's best players into a group uh, group stage and quarterfinal over the course of a week so strap in let's get let's get right to this and start with the dreamhack masters so four groups 16 players they did a gsl style elimination uh tons of games so let's kind of just go over it very quickly group a we had trap and ty from korea uh, topping Estrella and Marine Lord. Rainer and Stats come out of Group B. Dongrik, who just missing out, took Stats to the final game in the elimination turn in an elimination matchup. But oh man, so yeah, so we have Stats and Rainer there. Group C, Rogue and Clem. Don't forget, Rogue is the reigning GSL champion. And then Group D, arguably the best player in the world at the moment, Serral, along with Innovation. The absolute Terran mastermind. Uh, although, in fairness, he barely beat Scarlet. Had had to go to a third and final game in their elimination round as well. So, that brings us to the quarterfinals. We had Rogue versus Innovation. Stats versus Trap. TY versus Rainer. And the big doozy from the first round, Serral versus Clem. So, we're going to start with that one. So, Serral versus Clem, kind of becoming a bit of a familiar matchup, must say. I mean, they've played each other a lot. Granted, uh, COVID hasn't helped with everyone having to kind of play more within their region. But, man, what a game. The Finnish Zerg, the French Terran, off to the races. Serral comes out to an early league. Seems like he still has Clem's number on his first map pick, Everdream. Clem returns the favor on the ever-quirky Golden Wall. Uh, and at this point, you know, it is still anyone's game, but I think most people kind of had an eye on Serral here from on out. He responds pretty strongly, takes a win on Death Aura with Clem responding on Eternal Empire. So we go into the final map, into Pillars of Gold, and simply said, Clem outplayed Serral. It was absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend to go watch that VOD, those five games. Um... And I wish I could get into it in more detail, but there's so much more StarCraft that we have to go over here. But what a series. Clem taking on Serral in the first round. Serral out in the quarterfinals. I don't think anyone would have had their bracket filled out like that. So what a series. Uh, in our other ones, we had Rogue and Innovation, GSL champion, actually losing 3-1 to one to Innovation, the Terran mastermind. Stats and Trap also, I believe that was a repeat 
of um, of last year or last GSL semifinals. This time, though, Trap takes the win, three to one over Stats. And TY season one's GSL winner falls as well. Wonder it must be a curse for DreamHack, I guess. Rainer takes him down three to one. So we have Innovation and Trap in the first round. We have Clem facing off against the other great European Zerg in Rainer. Let's jump right in. Rainer and Clem. I think Clem was just tired from playing against all that Zerg in the first round. Rainer essentially did. Just a typical Rainer series, just mad macro, few quirky builds, pulled Clem all over the place. Clem grabbed the map where he could, but it was 3-1 to Rainer in the end. And, uh, you know, the decisive map being Death Aura. So certainly a great Zerg map, and Rainer used it to his full ability. And on the other side, though, Innovation and Trap was actually the Protoss that came out on top. I know he had, Trap had been having some issues against Terran as of late, but... He's just really found the next gear in the last month or so. Unbelievable play. Uh, very anti-timings, very good early game, and an incredible late game. So he's just an all-around great player. And Innovation's parade push just wasn't up to snuff, wasn't able to get those Marines and Marauders across the map as quick as he usually would have wanted. So 3-1 to one to Trap. So that means we have Trap and Rainer in the Grand Finals. So here we go. Part of the reason we kind of jumped over the beginning was because this series was so good. It was seven games long. We do want to actually delve in to some of the details here. Um, most would say Rainer was favored heading into this, uh, mainly Trap. It's not necessarily his best matchup, although the man can play. So let's see what happened. First map ever dream. Fairly standard game out of the gate. Nothing too exciting. Uh, Rainer doing everything he can and everything he does, as always, preventing that fourth base from being taken. Trap, in the meantime, understanding that he just needs to hit a timing push, not let Rainer take every other base on the map. He goes for a push in Immortal, uh, some Immortal, some Colossus, uh, your typical warp prison, but Rainer just had enough, just had the Roaches, uh, just had the Ravagers, and Although Trap actually knocked down, you know, his first wave of defense and was barely, barely alive when he got to, to Trap uh, to Rainer's first base, Rainer just had the Ling Flood. And at that point, you just cannot, you know, rebuild an army as Protoss as quick as Zerg. So maybe he played right into Rainer's hands there. Rainer was just waiting, sitting back, absorbing it all. If that's what he did, it was absolutely stunning. Quick GG, one nothing to Rainer after that battle. Go to Eternal Empire. And another fairly standard game, which, again, for these two players, very surprising. Rainer's usually known to be a bit quirky, a bit quick. Um, a lot of Zerglings. Sometimes he goes Roach Ravager pushes. Sometimes he does Nidus Worms. Uh, but again, very standard opening. I think he is trying to protect himself against Trap and Trap's uh, scrupulous adept play. Just the adept pressure that he can do printing adepts into his base. So he was just very cautious out of the gate, and it paid off again. Got into a very standard mid-game level. Rainer was just denying Trap's fourth base, and eventually just the same thing happened. The armies fought. Rainer was able to recharge a little quicker, and eventually Trap had to GG. So that's two games down, but this is where the fun begins. So what do you do when you're up two to nothing against Trap? Well, you cheese him, and that's exactly what Rainer did. He actually went for the proxy hatch right in right in Trap's uh, natural. 
Not really sure if he meant to let the hatchery finish completely, but you know he definitely had it in the back of his mind because he had quick speedlings uh, right on the back of it. And Trap held it brilliantly. He still sealed off the wall, so he kind of sealed off the hatchery within his base, built a few extra zealots more than he ever would have wanted to to hold the wall. It was it's like watching 300 in the Battle of Thermopylae, at least in Zack Schneider's views, just zerglings running at these two zealots, just holding the gap. Uh, Billings did fall, but by, by that point, um, you know, he had just enough units to hold off, and he actually was able to kill the hatchery in his own base, not before um, Rainer was able to put some creep down and really hamper his growth. Utterly, utterly annoying. You could tell just by watching Trap and how he was playing in his face. He just couldn't believe it. Eventually, he clears it all up, and he went for a very aggressive tech switch. He was like, well, I can't catch up with my army, even though Rainer will be a bit behind. But what I can do is I can go to the skies. Off to the skies he goes, gets four or five oracles, and just starts pounding Rainer's line. Knowing Rainer won't have the queen support that he normally has because of his opening. Knowing that he'll you know, try to cut corners to catch up on the drone count. And he absolutely eviscerated Rainer. Um, you know, generally speaking, as a Zerg, you want, what, 10, 15 more workers, if not more, than your Protoss brethren, but he was never able to get there. Every time he caught up to Trap, Trap would find seven, eight, nine kills endlessly. And it was, uh, from there, it was just a grind. Trap built up his army, walked across the map, Archon Immortal, and uh, some sentries, and there's nothing Rainer could do. The cheese did not work. Two to one, Rainer still in the lead um next two maps very good as well good battles but back to a bit more of a traditional style on ice and chrome and on death or death or though trap did start with the adept builds and, and pushed it a little hard and took the lead he needed so after those two maps trap actually turned it around took both of them and was up three to two match point on pillars of gold Probably not the map Rainer would have had to fight on, but uh, being Trap's choice. But he made it work, went back to his older style uh, from the first few games, really put pressure on Trap's fourth, didn't let him get out of his base without Zerglings running amok, and in the end was able to take another GG. 3-3, to final map, Golden Wall. What else could you want but the quirkiest map in the map pool? And in a grand final, match 7. So... What would we see? Well, Trap actually went for the kind of strange approach, but he did go for the bottom half of the map. Map, well, bottom third, I should say. The map is divided into thirds. Uh, whereas Rainer did the traditional expand going north. However, Trap was not able to scout Rainer and had no idea what he was doing. Rainer made it seem like a very normal start, had some Zerglings running around and let it be known to Trap that he knew that he had taken bases on the bottom. So Trap was comfortable. Trap was teching up. Trap was getting ready for probably an early late game or late game style game. But Rainer had one build up his sleeve that he hadn't used yet. And I don't think he'd used it at all throughout the playoffs. And that was his swarm host, Nidus. And the look on Trap's face, all of a sudden he hears the scream. The Nidus worm is out. The swarm hosts are sending in locusts to the base. And there's just nothing you can do with that many free units hitting your base, hitting your nexus. He did everything he could. He survived the first few waves, but at the exact same time, Rainer had an actual army hitting the front door. It becomes a, a, really a decision of where do you defend. And 
to Trapp's credit, he held the line as many times as you could have held the line with Rainer throwing swarm hosts at you. But in the end, it just wasn't to be. He was on both sides of the map. He had complete control, and Trapp was literally, pardon the pun, trapped in his base. He was stuck in his base, couldn't leave. So GG goes Rainer's way. Zerg is still OP. I'm sure most people will be saying too many free units, but it is the reality. Rainer with a great series from both of them, Trap and Rainer, but congrats to Rainer. Big, big tournament win for him. I know obviously he usually runs into Serral, but uh, Clem helped him there. But congrats to Rainer. Congrats to Trap. Um, so that's the DreamHack Masters for the season. But let's jump right back into GSL. There'll still be some common names uh, and see what happened at the second half of the first round. So let's jump right in. We actually, uh, Group C, which would have been the third group from this uh, from this bracket, was actually on the 10th anniversary of GSL. So happy birthday to GSL. And uh, who better to be in that group than Maru, the current one of the two players who has four GSL championships and looking for his fifth. So he was in a group with uh, Dream as the two Terrans. Ragnarok was the Zerg and Nightmare was the Protoss. And interesting group. You know, Dream and Ragnarok are certainly those players that can beat anyone on any given day, but lack consistency. Maru is phenomenal, hasn't had a great 2020 so far in terms of GSL results. Uh, and Nightmare, I think this was his second or third attempt at GSL. You know, he's kind of that cusp player. Uh, and it, it showed, to be quite honest. So, you know, in the first round, we had. Um, Maru defeat Nightmare 2-1. Ragnarok actually takes out Dream, and they face off in the winner's match. Maru's uh, TVZ looks back up to snuff, so all you other Zerg players out there, be wary. 2-0's Ragnarok out of the group on the 10th anniversary. I could not have written that script any better. Uh, from there, uh, Dream overcame Nightmare. What a what a set of player names for, for a game, Dream and Nightmare. Uh, and then he actually goes to face off Ragnarok again. This time, though, Ragnarok just didn't have the builds. Dream was sharp. Dream was pulling him around. Dream goes two to nothing. So two Terrans come out of the group, Maru and Dream. Group B, uh, for the Terrans, we had Cure and Bomber. Bomber second GSL since he finished his military service. Armani the Zerg and SOS the... Uh, Protoss player and full of surprises in this one. Um, Cure defeated Bomber in the first game. Not that's not the surprise, but Armani 2-0's SOS and gets into the winners match against Cure, where he actually goes up two to one. He's been looking sharper and sharper, and again, one of those players. He's like Ragnarok. He can beat any player on any given day. It's how is his consistency going to be? Uh, but he was looking absolutely stunning on that day. So that sends Cure into the final match. Meanwhile, SOS dutifully or quickly gets rid of Bomber 2-0. to zero. So Bomber is out once again in the round of 24. But he keeps qualifying, and I'm sure he's not far from getting back to his old self, still trying to get the ropes of two or three years difference in, uh, you know, in StarCraft. The final game, though, Cure and SOS... Um, I think most people would have had SOS in this one, especially kind of the way Protoss has been looking. Uh, it takes the first map on Everdream, uh, but from there, it was all cure. Eternal Empire, Pillars of Gold, SOS, you know, the traditionally safe, traditionally late game. Um, cautious player, just did not seem to be as cautious. Cures goes up 2-1 to one and eliminates SOS. Certainly a surprise there, very early elimination 
for a player of his standing. Um, group E, sorry, I know we're going through these quickly, but Group E, we had Innovation as the Terran, Sue as the Zerg, and Zune and Hurricane as the two Protosses. Now, Sue hasn't had the best year so far, and generally speaking, he plays better later in the year. So everyone was kind of saying, oh, he's a dark horse to win GSL. Maybe he'll win the world if they have worlds at the end of the year. Uh, but that certainly didn't show in the first map. He played Zune, 2-0 to zero to Zune. That Protoss played all sorts of anti-timings, all sorts of quirky build, really bringing a new flavor to the matchup, sort of like Estrella did in the last season, sort of like um, how Trap did a few years ago, really found a new style and no one was prepared for it. Sue goes down two to nothing. Meanwhile, Hurricane drops his match two to one to innovation. The parade push is still real. Now, Zune, innovation, winner's match. Um, I think most people had innovation in two. Maybe Zune would be able to steal a map, but that wasn't the case. Zune goes, takes the first map, takes the lead uh, against innovation. Innovation counters on Everdream and squeaks out a win is probably generous because that was a certainly a tight game but Zune kept up his style kept up his quirkiness and takes it on pillars of gold moves on into the next round the round of 16 innovation having to face off <laughs> play a, an elimination match actually to go through uh he played end up playing sue after sue defeated hurricane two to oh his his PVZ is absolutely stunning. So, um, you know, certainly scary to have to face him when you're going to be eliminated. But his ZVP, Zerg versus Terran, CVT, sorry, Zerg versus Terran is just not as sharp. Innovation, too good against too good against the Zerg. It's 2 nothing innovation. Sue gets eliminated. And, yeah, kind of a shame, to be quite honest. Um, you know, usually end of the year is what you want. I know he's also going to his military service. This is probably the last time we'll see him play GSL for at least a few years. So, uh, you know, hats off to that. But, you know, it is what it is. Innovation and Zune out of Group E. And in our final group, Group F, we had Parting and Patience, our two Protosses. We had Bunny, a Terran. And then we had the return of Bion, the handsome Terran, Tastosis call him. He's back from his military service and... If you hadn't seen him play before, certainly an impeccable style. His macro, his micro ability, sorry, is unbelievable. What he'll do with units with a mouse and keyboard is like nothing else you'll really see, especially not in the way he does it. He thinks of the game in a different level, and it was, you know, it was nice to have him back. He actually takes out parting in the first series, two to one. Um, Patience beat Bunny two to one as well. So we had a, another TVP in the uh in the winner's game beyond versus patience uh patience did steal a map uh was able to have a pretty good win on the first map and everyone was like uh oh beyond uh, you know maybe all his bag of tricks are gone absolutely not takes the next two two to one to beyond absolutely moves on absolutely stoked to see i think he was probably a bit surprised he was saying he just wanted to you know obviously he wanted to win but at the same time he just wanted to kind of get get a feel for the gsl again but Congrats to him on to the round of 16. Now, that meant Parting and Bunny had to face off in the loser's match. Parting just too strong for Bunny. Two quirky timings, two different builds. Bunny didn't know what to do. Two to nothing for him. So that gave us the most volatile of uh, of matchups, the 
Protoss versus Protoss, the patience versus parting. Uh, I think most fanboys would be, or most fans would be more on parting side. He does seem to be a fan favorite, um, but patience came out screaming. First game, Deathra absolutely crushes parting. Good timing. Just got his units caught on the right side of the map while partings seemed to be in no man's land a few times and was able to close out the game from there. After this, though, that was as close as he got. Parting really took advantage of him on ever on Eternal Empire, sorry. Just just again, a build bit of a build order win, but certainly aware of how his you know how his opponent wanted to play parting picked the the perfect build there and was able to take the second map. In the end, we go to Everdream for the elimination and parting does move on. So we have parting and beyond two of the older players. Some of them have been around for, I mean, as almost 10 years since the beginning, I believe beyond played as a Protoss player in the first GSL. So 10 year anniversary and he is back. Parting has been around, I think since 2012. So he's been around for a while as well. So the old boys still have the power anyways. Um, So yeah, we saw tons of StarCraft to talk about. Next week, we have two uh, round of 16 groups that we'll go over. Uh, But let's take a quick look at League of Legends and the World Championships and what we can expect to have for this week and what we're going to be chatting about next week. So World Championships for League. What what a time. Still so glad they were able to do it this year. I know COVID changed a lot of things. You think of the international Dota they had to do it more of an offline tournament versus what it is, but Worlds still able to go forward, um, albeit probably a bit differently. But how it works, there's two teams from every region that automatically qualify, in most cases a few exceptions, right into the main tournament. And then we have 10 teams who are in a play-in. So they are in two groups of five, and they all play each other once. First team automatically goes into the group stage or the finals, and then the next three battle it out in a mini uh, single elimination tournament so um yeah good good fun is what this is uh so some of the big teams we have in the play-in that people recognize we have lgd um, from the chinese region we have team liquid from north america and we have mad lions over from europe other teams from uh, cis we have uh, unicorns of love tcl uh has made, oh, sorry supermassive esports v3 esports rainbow 7 legacy and ints are all the other play in teams um anything can happen that's why we play esports as i always say but i think you know a lot of people are have pretty high expectations for team liquid um Probably a surprise that Team Liquid didn't actually make it into the grand finals in their division, but I fully expect them to come out of here alive and at least make it into the main group. Same with the Mad Lions uh, from Europe. They looked so solid. Uh, you know, they ran into a couple really strong teams in the air, being Rogue. And, uh, you know, you know that's just, it's just how the cookie crumbles, for lack of a better description. But they are there as well. Uh, LGD, PSG, Talon, certainly some strong teams. Um, that you'd expect to come out of Group B. So, yeah, they start this week. Uh, don't forget, Worlds does take about a month, so it'll be a lot more, a bit more analytical. We won't have to just kind of go through the results. We'll be able to actually talk about some of these games in more detail. But that starts this week, and, oh, man, so excited. So let's uh, let's take another step back. Let's just remember some of the main teams uh, you know, that have made it uh, from the other regions. So we have uh, Top Esports and JD, from the LPL as well as Sunning, sorry, the three Chinese teams 
from Europe, the automatic qualifiers were G2, Fnatic, and Rogue. Uh, from the LCK, we had Genji, which is Korea, Genji, DRX, and Dalwon Gaming. And from North America, the two were Team Solo Mid and FlyQuest. Uh, and then the final team was Machi Esports, which is from the Pacific region. They steal one of North America's regions anymore. I mean, I shouldn't say steal. They get one of the regions that North America used to get. So tons, tons of league. Um, we're really going to see a bunch of different styles. Every region has their own unique style. And this is when it really shows which style maybe is best and which team is the most adaptable. Anyways, you know, that about wraps things up. Let's not forget... Uh, go over to my Twitter, tweet at me. It's at esports this week. I'll be certain to respond to you as quick as I can. Also, go to the website thisweekesports.com. Everything else you need to talk to us, to contact us about anything you want. Uh, and with that said, you know, stay safe out there. And as always, happy gaming. <laughs>